tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social Conversations. It's 21 minutes after 10. Welcome to it. Bilisilikane, thank you once again for joining us. You are Africa's number one professional inspirational speaker and you are the A-team's professional inspirational speaker. Lovely having you again this Wednesday. Hey, good evening, ma'am, and good evening to your listeners. So, Billy, we're talking about the youth, very appropriate since it's Youth Month. But, um, you know, a lot of people are out there saying our youth is not as vigorous as the youth of 1976 or the youth of the 80s, the youth of the 90s. People are, are saying all these things about the youth. Are they true? Well, that statement is a double-edged sword. You know, it's not a one-sided statement. And let me let me explain and unpack what do I mean. So what I've, what I've been saying is the perception and sometimes the reality that we experience with our youth concerning the statement of them being lazy and entitled. The reverse side or the adverse side of it is what did parents do to get this youth to where they are? And how they behave now? That is a very deep and profound question. And one of the things that I know for a fact that my generation we grew up in the darkest time of apartheid, completely deprived, and we all had hunger for success. And certainly at the time, our hunger for success was uh, a societal uh, tunnel visioned definition of success. We wanted cars, <clears throat> nice clothes. You know, all those things that go with the physical expression of the word so-called success. Now, when, when we started accumulating these things, we had kids, you know, and some of our kids were give and take six, seven or something like that. And we committed the most cardinal sin. So what we did, Patricia, we started buying for our kids what we did not have. And not only buying, buying in excess, like, you know, if you had... If you buy your child a matic, you buy 10, you know. You buy jeans, you buy, you know. And in so doing, we committed the mistake that says, instead of buying our children what we never had, we failed to teach them what we never knew. Hmm. Very so profound. There, mm-hmm. Yes. So therefore, the, so we fed this monster and the monster grew. And therefore, because it has always been given to consume, then it grows up with with the fact that the world has to do the same as your mother and your brother and your cousin consistently did. I will give you an example, which is a sad but true example. When you see people going for for picketing, for NASPAS, and, uh, you know, we don't have money to go to school and stuff like that, if you look at the black kids that are, are, are picketing, and you look at the clothes they are wearing, the cell phones they are carrying, it's a complete contradiction to what they're fighting for. They say we need money for school fees, we don't have money for accommodation, we don't have money for books, whatever, but they are wearing a Nike, a Levi, carrying a Samsung or an iPhone, an expensive cut and paste, or, you know. So the, the, the things that are worth, actually, sometimes 40 to 50% more than the school fees that they want, they have in their bodies because they, they have this lack of consciousness to, to, to compare their insatiable appetite for consuming and for investing in themselves. 
So in essence, uh, the sweeping statement would be the youth are entitled. Yes. And the people who have set them up for failure are the parents or older role models. Yes. Has democracy played a role in this? And I ask this loosely because, yes, you can put the parents and remember the parents you said grew up in the arrived days of apartheid. And there was a a mission. And once that mission was achieved, we were already in a democratic and free country. So everything was a free for all. So the parents were also living in a new reality. So has democracy shaped this culture of being entitled from the youth? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges that we had as a nation is there was never a clear definition of this new dispensation by, by all intents and purposes. Now, we never defined or redefined the values through which we as a society should hold each other accountable for. Because if you go back to what's happening, when people are angry, they'll go and burn a clinic, you know, which is newly built, which they will need two days after they burn it down. But if you look at that attitude of, of, of destruction of property, it goes back to the time when there was a, a global uh, South African slogan that used to say, let's get the country ungovernable so that we should usher in a new era. So ungovernability was our way of life. We destroyed everything in, in, in our way because those things represented the oppressor. Okay? Now the oppressor got taken out. Now we are the leader of this new dispensation. But we never went back to society and say, guys, that mode that we carried on with of destruction has to stop because we are now the people that are controlling the budgets for this infrastructure, for clinics, for schools, and all these kind of things. Therefore, we should shift from destruction to construction. We need to reconstruct. That never happened. And another thing that never happened was, you know, if, I always look at people and say, what, you know, what makes us South African? What makes you South African except that you're born here and you've got that little uh, ID card? It's difficult for people to give an answer. And, and then there's this thing called the NDP, National Development Plan, which is a very long-winded document that even some of the authors or people that are supposed to be implementing it don't even understand it. Now, therefore, it says that as a nation, we don't have a common vision. You know, we don't have what... You know, this is what makes us South African. We don't have that. We don't have values. Values are the guiding principles or the non-negotiables of South Africans. So that when two people are having an argument and the other one is misbehaving, there must be a call to order that would say to the other person, this is not how we as South Africans behave. The way we behave is A, B, C, and D. We don't have that. So if you look at that, and then democracy came, and, and, and then, of course, we fell into the most dangerous uh, trap of corruption, which completely obliterated the soul of our nation. And now, these kids that grew up entitled, the entitlement even grew. Now they want to come a Porsche, Panamera, you know, Porsche Cayennes. They want to live in townhouses. So this thing just kept, you know, spin rolling. And then what did we do with these kids who said, go to university, once you get a degree, everything's going to be cool. They went to university, they got degrees, but nothing is cool. And that's where we find ourselves. That's the quagmire that we find ourselves as a nation. But again, when we look at this, go to school, get a degree, you'll get a job. Already we've created what I call a neurological pathway in their brains. And that pathway says, if I cannot be employed, I can't do anything.
you know. So when you go to a graduate and you say to them, do you know that that person who's washing Imoto, washing so many cars a day at this amount, makes so much a week, <clears throat> makes so much a, a month, that person most of the time probably will make more than the money that he or she would make employed to their degree. They will never do that. Because in their heads, it is below them, you know. Why should I do that in another degree? Because we told them, we sold them the myth that said once you have a degree, things are going to just fly. And that's not the truth. Let's go to some of our A-teamers' comments. Um, remember, you can send yours on uh, 0614-104-107. That's via WhatsApp. Or you can SMS 41391. Call in on 011-714-2006. Are our youth entitled? According to Billy, yes. And uh, the role of parents and uh, the role democracy has played uh, so far is actually fueling this fire of entitlement amongst young people. Let's hear from you, A-teamers. Hello, Auspet. Uh, thanks for your topic. So encouraging and motivating. Motivational. See, we cannot blame uh, the victims. Our youth are captured by the state, uh, which have laid down the framework of suffering. They are not empowered. There are many youth who have created cooperatives. They are not funded. The skillful uh, youth who display the architects on newspapers to be found, funded, nowhere to be found. There is no money. So, South Africa has also uh, led the youth to indulge in substance, substances, uh, these drugs. And uh, they let these drug lords sell these things willy-nilly. So, it's a shame. Our youth are trapped in the muddy place. So I'm still appealing to African National Congress to do something about this issue of removing these drug laws in the country. We are tired. Pre-1994, we didn't experience such a calamity. That is my submission, WP Ramudalembob. Thank you for the contribution there, A-Tima. Let me go to Aisha on the line. Good evening, Aisha. Good evening, um, Pit, uh, 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 Patricia. I'd just like to disagree with your guest. Our youth are not entitled. We as the elders, civil society and the ANC has failed our youth horribly. One. Two. We in our education system have not taught them to be entrepreneurs. Hmm? Three, we have not installed our African values into our children. So we are responsible for the state of our youth and for the state of unemployment in the country. And they, across the country, are doing their best in terrible conditions. That's all. Thank you very much, Aisha, for weighing in there. Um, Billy, you know, Aisha and and, uh, the voice note that we went through are are saying something very similar, that uh, politics and then the parents and then, you know, society at large is opened up, as you have said, a quagmire for young people but 
where do we give responsibility to young people to play a role? I mean, someone who is 21 knows right from wrong. Yeah. Someone who is 30 knows right from wrong. They might qualify as youth. But where do we now push the responsibility towards them? Because now you see that society is this way. And what makes me ask this question, Billy, earlier mm-hmm. this morning when I was dropping off my kids at school um, and we were listening to a sister station and uh, they, they had youth call in and young people yep. were complaining, saying, we have our degrees, we don't have jobs, um, we want to start businesses, we, we don't get funding, um, it's only given to Abu so-and-so. Uh, one was even in high school still, an 18-year-old who said, well, I don't see the relevance in this thing that we are learning at school. You know, it's not relevant, it's boring, what is it going to do for me? And, and then I had to bring down the volume after we heard come up all of the comments. And I had to set the record straight for my children because I just could not fathom in my head a child who's in high school, who's 18, saying their education is useless. Maybe it's not aligned to the fourth industrial revolution, but the fact that she can read and write, the fact that yeah. she, she, she can navigate certain things, even on the Internet, is based on the education she has. So Absolutely. downplaying that education, that's her responsibility. And then she'll drop out and she'll blame the government. And, and for those who are saying, hi, we don't have funding, we don't have funding. There are a lot of black businesses, South African businesses that started without funding. Yeah. There, 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 there are a lot of graduates without jobs, but are doing businesses outside of their jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then we are told, I even heard others saying, no, you people are working the radio station there. It's because your father was in politics or your mother. <laughs> and, you know, you know someone. Okay. I, from the colleagues that I work with here in the A-team. I don't know any of them who has family members <laughs> here or in politics. I don't have family members here or in politics. I knocked at the doors for years. So where do we toe the line with the youth and say, you have to take responsibility? You, you know, Patricia, all these things that you've mentioned, I'm gonna, you know, and, 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 you know, this thing that you say you picked up on the radio, it's sometimes things that I would be, let's say I'll be in the Eastern Cape and I'll be doing work. And will then go through an engagement and will speak to young people. And, and they don't know me. You know, they have not researched me. They know nothing about me. And they will make statements like, yeah, look at you. You're wearing a suit. You know, I can, we can tell you now. You work for this government department. You are this big shot. What, what, what? And then I laugh. I said, okay, let me tell you who I am. I don't work for government. Everything that I have, I've worked hard for. I still work double hard today. Because I knew that unless I take control of my life, my life will be controlled by other people. You know? And, and I think one of the things that we need, uh, we need to instill a positive role modeling. Yeah. But, but the saddest thing about it is, you know, for years, I mean, I, I have my own personal foundation. We've been running seminars in different townships. We advertise the seminars, we provide food, we do everything, you know, we'll set up a mentorship, we'll follow up if people are doing things, the work that we gave them. And let me tell you, if we have 11 young people coming, we could al- almost slaughter a, a, a ship. You know, it's like a victory. And out of the 11, if three stay on the program, it's a big victory for us. But the same youth, they'll be in taverns. They'll be the first to go to fill the FNB stadium or fill another stadium. You know, so we have to call it what it is. You know, and, and by the way, and, and this thing of government must do this and government must do this. We must forget about it. Because I can promise you now, we've got young people who came to South Africa from Mozambique many years ago. And those guys had skills like shoemaker, panel beating, fixing cars and whatever. They came into townships like Temisa, mostly in Temisa because I come from there. And these people lived in backyards. 
literally sleep on top of each other. But today they've got mansion in the in the northern suburbs. They, you know they they have built amazing businesses, and still our young people call them dipari. But is a productive person who produces something that your mother and your father keeps paying him for because you don't have the skill to help your father or your mother with that with the challenge that they face in either their car or in their house with plumbing with tiling and all those things. I think we should call it what it is. And and by the way, I always say to people, we must we must also try and understand the definition of things. You know, people say government is not doing this. You know, if you go to the biblical description of what government is, the Bible says the government's responsibility is to carry a sword to protect the righteous from the wicked so that the righteous may prosper. So the government has to create an environment and people have to show up and work. You know? And, and that's, we, we, you know, I think as a nation, as, as a country, we need our own social uh, 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 codessa. Where we, 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 we accept and say, guys, for a very long time, we had, I mean, if you look at RDPs, people get given RDPs, they go back to their own places, back room, sell those RDPs or hire them out. We have, we as the people in this country, we have done things. It's easy for us to blame the government, but I can tell you now, I'm not exonerating the government. I'm not saying there are things that they've done fantastically. Make no mistake about it. But at the end of the day, the question that we should be asking ourselves is, are we as a nation serious about turning our lives around? So we also have a responsibility to carry. The youth yes. has a responsibility to carry. Yes. Thank you. Entitled as they may be, but they also need to be responsible. They that's must what come the, to the party. Yeah, that's what democracy is about. It's about rights yes. and responsibilities. Let's go to our A-teamers. Peter, good evening. Good evening, Patricia. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. And good evening to the listeners. Patricia, I've been listening to the topic now of entitlement. And the, the brother the, at his beginning of his uh, topic, he said uh, it's on both ways. And I feel as parents, somewhere, somehow, we, some of the parents have failed the children. Especially parents who were working good jobs in the government. And most of those parents, when they heard about that thing of when you go on retirement, you will get your one-third of your money or your, the two-thirds of the money, they decided to resign. And they had children who were in varsity. Some of them were in technical colleges. Some of them were in high school about to finish. And they didn't think about those kids when they finish school, what is going to happen. And they didn't have any savings for those kids. So now, those kids, when they're supposed to continue with their education or doing their training, their parents will tell them, no, the government is going to do this and this and this and this for you. And you'll find sometimes the government might have programs, but those programs are limited. You can't train two million people at the very at the same time. It takes time, so you will take quarter by quarter or whatever amount yeah. that you can take. All right, uh, Peter, can you round up your um, your your point, please? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, we as black people we must take charge of our lives. 
fully agree with you, Peter. Thank you. Yes, as parents, if your child, you know your child was doing mechanical engineering, get a friend or get a company that is dealing with mechanical engineering, support your child, give him or her money for transport to go for training just to get that experience. Thanks, Peter. Thank you very much. Billy, on what Peter has said, you know, I'd throw a span in the works. We keep on saying it's the parents' role. What happens to children like, oh, Patricia and Uli, who grew up without a mother, without a father? What happens to those children? Then who is the responsibility upon? Especially when that person's of a, a mature age to make a decision. Isn't it the onus on me? I take it back. Is it not on us? Should we, the individuals, not be the ones getting the information? I mean, you, young people now have more access to information than what I did when I was in high school. Absolutely. I so agree with you. why are we keep on saying, yes, I understand parents have a role to play. But mm. you, you hear what uh, uh, Peter is saying. Peter is saying the parents take the child to, you know, work expenses. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's noble. But there's yeah. other parents who don't have that level of education, who don't have the access to friends who can take you to an engineering company. Other children are growing up without parents. What happens to you as an individual? Because I, mean, I know even my driver's license, my learner's license. I worked part time to get that. I, so, and, and there was no one helping me. There was no one I was like, hey, no. So what happens to the individual's responsibility if we keep on saying parents, parents, parents? I think I, think I agree with you. And that's why I'm saying that, you know, if you, if you look at the Jewish tradition, they've got a thing called Bar Mitzvah. When a child is 12, they take them through the Bar Mitzvah. It means now from the age of 12, that child becomes an adult. And every action that he or she decides any decision that you make, if there's a consequence, they bear the consequence, either good or bad. So at the, from the age of 12, they begin. I, I still don't understand, quite honestly, maybe somebody must enlighten me, that how can somebody who's 35 years old be a youth? I don't know how that works. I mean, I'm still happy being called a youth. Oh, man, I'm going to be a it's a small house, it's a big house, it's a small house. You know? <laughs> well, to my kids, I'm, I'm very old. But yeah, I'm just a man. 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 I'm just and, and, and then from there onwards, you are taught certain things and you need to be responsible. Absolutely. But right now, it seems like we parents, our the, the guardians of children, we don't give any responsibility. But th- th- there's, a, there's a message here. There's a message here that I love from an ATMO said via uh, WhatsApp. Youth of today are very lazy and stubborn due to unlimited rights and abuse due to lack of punishment. So we give them rights. But there's no responsibility. Let me yeah. go to uh, Ngonde on the line. Ngonde, missed you a lot. How are you doing? I know you miss me a lot, my darling. How are you doing? I love this youth, Patricia <laughs> Nduli. <laughs> tall, tall lady. And she's still youth. Lalela. With three beautiful kids, and she's still youth. <laughs> Lalela, where am Ngonde? I'm just loving the fact that I can be called a youth, right? But I know that I don't qualify to be youth. I don't I want know. to be dancing around with young people because <laughs> but I like the fact that someone still calls me a youth in South Africa only. Oh, you wish. <laughs> but just let me get down to it. Yeah. Um, I'm listening attentively to your guest calling us a nation 
right? Well, I want him to square some circles for me. Abraham Lincoln in the 1860s once said, for a nation to live, a tribe must die, all right? Now, we have many of those, right? And each is pulling this way, that way, right? However, I hear again, you guess, saying, we need to have a vision, right? Whatever we're doing, call it your mission, whatever, this mission must achieve the vision. Now, what could be our vision, right? If what I'm saying before, right, does not work, right? For a nation to live, right, that you guess is calling, a tribe must die. Now, practically, Patricia, there's nothing liberating than being your own boss. Let me repeat that. There's nothing liberating than being your own boss, right? Saying good morning one day, good afternoon one day, goodbye one day, yeah? right? Mm-hmm. In other words, you create your own destiny, some academics might say, right? Patricia, our brothers, he mentioned Mozambique and elsewhere, are doing it. I met one brother from Nigeria when I was in Cape Town. He said, they don't trust their government. They don't rely on their government, right? In fact, insofar as Nigerians are concerned, this was when we were still number one and then number two, right? He said, the Nigerians make it themselves. But I don't want to take much of time, but if you were to consider the four quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, you've got employee, you've got a self-employed person, you've got a business owner, you've got an investor. What Robert Kiyosaki is saying in that book of his, right? Poor man, rich dad, whatever. We should endeavor to be investors. It's easier said than done, I know, but we should try, Patricia, to stop being employees, right? And expecting our government to employ us. The government, Patricia, does not have power, right? The government is there to serve the people, right? Unfortunately, they're not doing that. I remember 92, before I dropped down, in 92, when where that referendum, a white on the referendum, um, culminating to 1994, one of my friends who, who died in, in Ashwari, Abraham Duro from Zimbabwe, had this to say for me. I'm afraid, Gondi, you are going to vote for a wrong party. In 92, he said so. You are going to vote for a wrong party. Patricia, those words were to be prophetic. Patricia, youth, good morning, good day. Thank you very much, Ngonde, for weighing in. Nkosnati is holding on the line. But Nkosnati, a very good evening to you. Missed you too. Well, thank you. Good evening, my daughter. Um, you, you are a youth to, 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 to some of us. Uh, good evening to your guest. I like the gentleman because he speaks truth to power. Um, <laughs> look, for us as parents now, I have grown up children. Uh, we also partly, partly to blame because uh, we don't allow them to, uh, we, we don't exercise tough love. For instance, it's yeah. easy for, 
it's it's easy for me. My children are, are working, but it's easy for me when one of them calls me that Dad, uh, I need uh, so much money. I'm 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 held up somewhere. I don't even ask questions. You 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 go and give pray uh, for 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 feel what you felt when we when you were growing up. That 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 that's very wrong. And two, the youth depend somewhere, whereas parents like myself, we did not depend to anyone because we had no uh, 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 credible government. We had the national party when we were growing up. So the, the first thing our parents told us is to succeed. And and I, I remember I went, my parents never been to the schools I attended until uh, varsity uh, because they, they only wanted me to, 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 to go to school, and they didn't have money to pay for me. I had to, uh, not not only myself, but my peers, other people who were going around uh, doing odd jobs, uh, getting that uh, a day, that one rent, there was a one rent note, which was reddish in color. Uh, th- that was a lot of money. We would put that money and, and pay our way forward rather than uh, 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 remaining stuck to this a victim mentality which I see on our youth these days. They they, they always victims and you, you wonder victims and they have this government even if a person wants to start his own business to make his own money, he expects government to fund to give him start up capital. But that then you get lost that how should the society pay for a single individual to, to enrich himself. And and, and but they, they they stick their guns. That, that, that's my contribution. But I, I always listen to this gentleman. He speaks truth to power indeed. Thank you very much, Ram Gosnat. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. Let uh, let me go to some of the voice notes here from the A-teamers um, who are really, really part of this conversation. Good evening, my sister in the studio and your guest. I am Anonymous here from Devon. In fact, I'm a lecturer in Pitsamaras back in one of the institutions, and I'm also a young person myself. According to my own observations, the youth of today is not really prepared to build their own lives, even those that are already educated, because the youth of today is deep in drugs and is captured by the elderly people. The elderly people, they always want to be relevant by all the time by making sure that they are using youth for negative reasons. Those who are educated, they are just using their education in negative sense because they have seen several times the the education does not help you alone, but you need to combine it with corruption or with criminal activities in order to succeed. So. There are so many contributing factors in the issue that's affecting the youth. But I strongly believe that these issues will go away one day once the youth stand up by themselves and try to do things on their own. Not to expect the government or any political party to do things for them, but we need to stand up on ourselves because that is the, that is the long-term solution that I think is going to address this issue that we are facing with. Hi, uh, A-teamers and uh, Brabili and uh, Precious uh, Petty. Listen, man, um, I'll be starting a new job as a uh, filling station manager. 
and I'll be surrounded by uh, so-called the youth. So um, I've got around about 20 years managerial experience in retail. And uh, I think uh, going into this new job, maybe I might be out of touch with the current world. I just want to know from uh, Brabili, how do I navigate this new path and to empower them with the knowledge that I've got for the previous 20 years in retail? Thank you all listen on the radio. I love this uh, voice note because it gives uh, opportunity to, to, to raise a generation that Absolutely. you have influence over. So, Billy, quickly, how can he positively influence and, and train those that he has under him in his new job? He must send me an email or send him serious uh, content for him to follow uh, in, in, in training and, in, and, and mentoring the people that he'll work with. Uh, we'll, uh, we, will, we will give out my email again. Okay. Uh, I've got content that I'll give. So, Excellent. Patricia, you know, just also not to put a twist into yeah. our conversation. You know, Tito Mboweni, during the pandemic, he was on television making a very bold statement. South Africa, post the pandemic, the business infrastructure has to change. You know, restaurants have to start uh, employing a percentage of South Africans, this and that, and this and that. It hasn't happened. None of the things he was pontificating about haven't happened. Why am I saying this? It goes back to proof that your government is not going to do anything for you. Wake up. It is not going to do anything for you. You have to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and understand that you are the architect of your life. That nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes to give you any opportunity. You owe yourself. You owe, a legal, you owe to leave a legacy behind. And the only way to do that is to understand that you have to wake up and make things happen. On that note, let's uh, try and squeeze in as many voice notes as possible. Cool. Hello, this is Jay. Uh, thank you very much. I always follow your, your programs. Your guest, I honor him, my brother. Thank you very much for what you have just said. I always follow your programs. It is a truth, nothing else but the truth that the way in which our youth are entitled to everything right now and the way what they are doing when they are picketing and whenever they are protesting, we are banning our own things using an old way that was used in order to disrupt an old regime of which we are not supposed to do it right now. Thank you very much. What you have said is a very, 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 very big statement that needs to be taken into consideration by everyone around Africa. Thank you very much for what you just said right now. Thank you again. Hey, Patrice. This is Sianda from Windmill Park. And hey, it's been a while, man, guys. But what up? And hey to the guests. Anyways, guys, I have a like, in my opinion about this youth, right? I don't think nothing will go right with this youth. The reason why I'm saying this is if you could check the media and even check our leaders, the way they're leading us, everything is just corruption. And so what do you expect the youth to learn from the adults? Everything will keep on getting to be corruption and it will be a cycle of corruption. So that's all I'm commenting and that's my opinion.
the way I'm seeing it. Like everything is just built on corruption, man. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Sis Pat, your guest, and all eight teamers. Uh, I, I think you and your guest, uh, you have said it all. I think our our youth these days, they want everything handed to them in a silver platter. So I, I think you guys have covered all aspects. You know, we have people who were living during apartheid. Those youth, they, they came to the fourth. They did it, you know, for themselves. The government wanted nothing to do with them. So our youth these days, I'm sorry to say we are like uh, spoiled breads, man. We need to get up there, do things on our own and appreciate somewhere the little that the government is doing. Yes, somewhere our government is failing us, but I think they have done enough. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, there's a lot that is happening, yeah? And uh, I think a lot of A-teamers are also feeling that uh, we should not be entitled as young people. Listen to this one. This this one really touches my heart from Musandile in Carolina. Sandile says, but Billy, I totally agree with what you've said. It's the harsh reality. I'm 26 years old, a varsity graduate in Mpumalang. I'm a security guard on night shift right now. I appreciate the insightful knowledge you are imparting. So if someone like Sandile can yeah. graduate, get his yeah. degree, and because there are no jobs and maybe he, you know, the, he can't start a business as yet, can be a security guard and work and earn an income, honest income. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And who knows that it's a test that has been put through, that somebody who's going to walk into that door is the person who's going to take him to his next level of employment because he is there. Mm. You understand? But, yeah, true. If true. you are not there, you are not there. And being there is responsibility and getting off your high horse and being practical. Very true. Um, yeah. As we close off, this one says, I agree with your host. Look at the picture of people toy toying for a living wage. All of them overweight. It does not seem to be right from Leo. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brabili, as we close off, please just give us pointers on what we as the older youth, Abu Patricia, <laughs> and parents, um, society, people who are listening, how can we positively impact our youth so that this narrative changes? Okay. So I'm going to become like an old school DJ. I'm going to suggest that people listen to this song by Harold Melvin and the Blue Note. It's called Wake Up Everybody. The song says, wake up everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking. Time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. So we have to wake up. We have to come from the slumber because, you know, we are going through a weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Tembisa because we're running something in Tembisa with a youth thing on Sunday. But I can promise you from Friday, it's a like crazy. Well, this youth that says they're unemployed, they'll be drinking Hennessy. You know, how much is a bottle of Hennessy? They'll be drinking Jamison, triple distilled and whatever. So guys, my people, the people of this beautiful nation, like the caller said, for a nation to rise, a tribe has to die. Let's kill our tribalistic way of thinking. Let's wake up a nation that will not only build itself but be able to set a foundation for generations to come.
let's all wake up. Amen to that. Please give us your email address and other means of contact for our A-teamers. Email address is pa at com. My website is com. On Facebook, I'm bilisilagane. Instagram, bilisilagane underscore speaks. That's where you can get me. Excellent. Looking forward to next week, uh, Wednesday, with you on Mindful Thank Wednesdays. Thank you, man. It's an Thank honor you. and a privilege. Have a great evening. It's uh, time for the news with uh, the beautiful Amanda Machaka. Good evening, Amanda.